This program is dedicated to our dear friend, Penny LaForest, an activist and a champion for the working people. Rest in peace, Penny. Following program is your wake-up call. Listener discretion advised. Welcome to the Progressive Union. I am your host, Doreen DeLeonardo, broadcasting to you from New York City. We report the news the corporate media ignores. Joining me for this hour, as always, is my husband and co-host, Tony DeLeonardo. So, impeachment, it marches on. Um, not interested. I love C-SPAN. I'm, really not, I'm not really paying extreme attention to it. Uh... Because I really think the true story... Because the truth the truth is the House will vote for it, the Senate will vote against it, stalemate, we wasted our time. Possibly. I, I mean... We already know he's involved. He's a deadbeat. Well, we know. We, we don't not... We know he's that he was... workmen that a, a, line, a line of as long as the Great Wall of China about people he didn't pay that he withheld money from. True. True. Ukraine is just another one on the list. No, that's true. That's sad, isn't it? If we, well, but if you break it down raw, okay? So remember way back when Trump was elected and through his presidency. Don't remind me. It was one of the worst days of my I life. I understand that. And but I don't even like Hillary. What I'm trying to, what I'm pointing out is we were told by leadership, meaning Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, that impeachment was not on the table. And that has been all through, even after the Mueller investigation, which fell like a dud, right? No impeachment, not doing it. Now, isn't it fascinating? I call it the Mueller souffle. You're funny. Isn't it fascinating that all of a sudden, when the target of Trump's ire becomes Joe Biden, one of the elites from the Democratic Party, right? One of the corporatists, their chosen candidate, because they really wanted Joe Biden to run against Trump, which makes no sense to me because he would definitely lose. And sometimes we think well, that the Democratic I mean, Party would be happy if they lost. Well, you never know because some dummies at my job, they said that if Biden had run, they would have voted for him other than Trump. They say that, but you know what? Biden never polls well. We've watched him run for president like three times, right? He never polls well. He always does well before he jumps in. And then when he's in, he doesn't do You know who votes for Biden? I'll get to that later. Old people. That's it. There's not enough old people to elect him. So what, I, what I'm trying to say is that this impeachment is about them. We used to watch House of Cards. We were House of Cards people, and I'm sure a lot of people that are listening enjoy, enjoyed that series. And Tony said, will look at me and said, you know, this is very realistic other than the murders and stuff, but then again, who the hell knows? But we're not going to go down the Alex Jones road. But the realistic part was all they cared about and their end game was keeping their jobs and moving up. It was all about them. How are they going to keep their jobs? Who are they going to push out of the way so they can keep gaining power and influence? They never talked about the good of the public. Right, exactly. Ever. 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 So this is that example. The public to them was like an annoyance they had to deal with. Right, right. You know, like, oh, I have to go talk to the people and tell them lies. So <clears throat> this is the same thing. Trump 
was using Ukraine to get dirt on a political opponent, all right, which is totally not acceptable, and withholding money that was approved by Congress, which they finally did get, by the way, to the Democrats who said, no, nah, we're not doing any impeachment, all of a sudden are like, er, no, hey, he's messing around with Joe Biden. He's one of our third way corporatist elitist buddies, right? On the same gravy train that we're all on. Oh, well, I guess we're going to have to do impeachment. Not for the violations of the Emoluments Clause, him making money off his, his uh, position as president, which is impeachable. His acts of perversion. Whatever. There's a million reasons that you could impeach this guy. This is, was the trigger because it, was, it affects them and one of theirs. That's it. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. And they don't give a crap about you know the country. You know what makes me laugh? Everybody's always saying about his foible. Oh, he's a racist. He's a this. He's a that. He's a the other. It's like having a skunk <laughs> creep into your house. <clears throat> you know it's a wild animal and you know it stinks. Now, how do we get it out of here? <laughs> We've already established it's a skunk. Correct. You know how we get it out of there? I will segue into running a candidate with a message of anti-establishment that will counter Trump, who is a phony, fake anti-establishment candidate, right? He he ran on being anti-establishment. He ran on keeping Social Security, Medicare, well, Medicaid when safe. that ambassador was uh, talking. Which one? The woman? The woman. The, uh -huh. Russian, uh, the Russian name. What was her name? I oh, can't remember I can't. her name. And then uh, he goes on and tweets, and Adam Schiff says it. And, oh, he's always got to put the word sad in. Yeah. <laughs> Trump always. So I would have said on national TV if I was this woman, you know what the sad part of this whole thing is? That this country was stupid enough to elect this moron to the presidency, well, right on national but TV. But but that doesn't really. That is the sad. I know, part. but the thing is, is that he was threatening her, and all through it. I mean, things are going to happen to her, whatever that phrase was that she was repeating. I mean, he could disappear anybody he wants. That's very scary for someone. So, but regardless of all that. That's the reason why this is happening, right? Trump used his influence for his own, his own political game, his own selfishness, right? To try to get dirt on Joe Biden, to push him out of the uh, contention to run against him. And the Democrats turned around and said, we're going to pull the trigger on impeachment because you tried to, uh, you, you went after one of our people. You went after Joe our, Biden. You went after our fair haired boy. Right. So I'm sure if it was somebody else that they don't, like they want to erase from the standings, which would be Bernie Sanders. Now we're going to get into that. So Bernie Sanders, it's like they have the candidate. They have the person that can beat Trump. There are lots of polls that show that, okay? There was a poll a while back in Texas that Bernie beat Trump by six points, okay? They never talk about that, ever. Um, they poll only likely voters, all right? I can tell you something. That doesn't work anymore because it didn't work in 2016 when Bernie ran against Hillary and he beat her in a whole bunch of states and everybody was like, how did that happen? And they all tried to find like ways. Why did that happen? Like excuses for it. Uh, it happened because people came to vote for Bernie because they liked his message. So that message still exists. So they're polling now. Who are they polling? Likely voters. You know who those people are? Mostly old people. People that always vote in the past. The past doesn't exist anymore because there's lots of new voters. People that recently registered, people that registered in 2016, they probably don't fall into that likely voter category and they don't have landlines. So I think it's the same um, model as in 2016. I think the polling is very poor because, of course, it did also show that Hillary was going to win and we know that didn't happen. <laughs> so I don't look at the polls. When I see the polls, I say to myself, likely voters, who are they? Now, when you do a poll and you look at people 65 and over, they like Biden. You know why they like Biden? Because Biden sounds like a regular, normal president from the many years that they've been alive, okay? The ones that they remember that sounded sane. So they're okay with him. And plus, remember, if you're 65 or over, you have Medicare and Social Security, so you don't have to worry about it being taken away from you. And you have a place to live. Most likely you may have a home and a roof over your head. And the planet, well, if it disintegrates in 20 years, you'll probably be in the ground anyway. So they don't care about all that stuff. Sadly, 
and they don't apparently don't care about their children or grandchildren. That's how selfish this me society is. So it, when no, you, you know what I think about, like when you said the floodwaters are rising and you were kidding about it, but oh, we'll be old. I don't think about it. Well, I'll be dead in the ground. I'll be think, gee, I'm going to be a little old to be, you know, swimming against the tide. Yeah, I mean, if we're alive then and we're old, it's going to be even harder for us to figure out, like, how do we manage this? You know, the water is rising, the the air we can't breathe. Breathe. I mean, okay. It's going to so, be Delionado versus Sharknado. You're so funny. So back to this, the polling. So when you look at the polling of people 50 and younger, okay, Bernie does very well. He does really well 30 and under. The young people that have registered that are very active, okay, they're coming to vote. They are not going to be stopped. The only thing that's going to stop them is voter purging and voter suppression. And that's done by both sides. Please accept the fact that the Democrats did it here in New York. They've done it in other states. They do it together because they want to keep whatever the status quo is. So I'm sorry. They have the person to beat Trump right here, right in front of them. And the person that could run with Bernie is Tulsi. And they also attack her. And the other person they treat horribly is Andrew Yang. They leave him off... Um, like when they have the advertisement for the candidates, they take his picture off. They like expunge it. Because when you poll, listen to this, this is even more stunning. They've done some small samples of Trump voters. Now, granted, these could be soft Trump voters, the ones that like just couldn't deal with Hillary and they voted for Trump and they were not aware that Trump was like a moron and, you know, a robber baron and a thief. So when they poll these people, these people are like, no, really don't want to vote for Trump anymore. So who would you vote for in the Democratic Party? You know who they would vote for? Their, their three candidates are Bernie, Tulsi, and Andrew Yang. And what do they have in common? They're anti-establishment candidates. See, Yang I wouldn't vote for, but I would put him in my cabinet. He has very good ideas and he's looking to the future. Yeah, and those are problems we have to face. I don't think he's a president. No, but he, he should be in and he deserve bowl. And he deserves to be in the advertising and he deserves to be on the stage because he does have a following. There are very enthusiastic voters because for Andrew Yang. Because he's the drum about automation, like my wife told me a story yesterday, that they tried an Uber self-driving car in Tempe, Arizona. And it killed a woman. And a woman got killed. She was walking with her bicycle. By a runaway Uber, driverless Uber car. Yep. So there, that case is actually going on now. It's yeah. it's just starting. So somebody better get a lawyer. So no, of course they have a lawyer. So um, back to the polling. So I think Bernie's going to be is being very underrepresented in these polls. So people that are free flipping out and saying, "Oh my God," you know. Bernie's in like fourth place. Just ignore all that, okay? Bernie has a big ground game. He has a million volunteers. He has more money than anyone else. All these people, including us, that have given Bernie money. You think those people aren't going to vote for him? They gave him money. $17, $19, $5, whatever they have, spare change to Bernie, they're showing up. And I don't believe for one minute that Amy Klobuchar and Cory Booker... Um, and even Mayor Pete have that many enough individual donors to get on that debate stage. I don't believe that. I think that that's horse crap, and I don't think the polls are real either for those candidates because they just do not have that kind of support. They just don't. You know what this Democratic Party reminds me of now with these elections? Like when you have an expansion club and they get together to have an expansion club and they leave certain players, every team leaves certain players unprotected. They do? Yes. Okay. For the expansion draft. Now, once in a while with the expansion club, they'll grab a guy. He was an all-star at one time, but now, you know, he's past his prime or whatever, but he still has a name, and that's like Bernie and, and you know, Tulsi. But the rest of them are a bunch of scrubs and cast <laughs> That's Klobuchar. That's Booker. They're not electable. That's okay? Elizabeth Warren. They're not going to win. Warren will not win against Trump. I'll bet Warren anyone. Warren is too frazzled looking to be president. Well, it, that's not the case, though. But she's also a person who had lies, okay? So if you're going to run against a liar, you cannot be a liar yourself. She's lied. We've, we've done this in other shows. You'll have to go back and listen to them. But she has lied in a number of occasions. And when the case of Warren, but I don't want to go off topic because we're talking about the invisible man, which is Bernie and the media, is she was Republican, 
She didn't change to be a Democrat. The Democratic Party moved through the third way evolution during the Clinton years to now to where the Republicans used to be and the Republicans fell off the cliff into crazy land. So Elizabeth Warren hasn't moved anywhere. The parties moved. So she's really still where she was before. She's just really good on the financial stuff. But you know what? She's going to be just like Obama once she gets into office. She's going to make compromise. And that's we'll not going to be... We'll discuss that later. Yeah. My part of the show. So let's go back to Bernie. So Bernie is being erased by the corporate media. If you watch Bill Maher, they never speak of him like he doesn't even exist. It's sort of like, I don't know if any of you have ever watched uh, the Ten Commandments, but there's a moment where like we find out that Moses isn't really a pharaoh and, you know... Um, you know, who his, his real identity is and, and, and um, Sethi, who is supposedly his father, finds this out and he says, let the name of Moses be stricken from every book and tablet. It's like Bernie. Let's, you know, Bernie is being stricken from every newscast that there is. If you're watching mainstream media, they're like, they have a meeting and they say, all right, let's not talk about Bernie. All right, he had 26,000 people. Let's not talk about that. Let's 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 smear Tulsi Gabbard with Hillary Clinton. She'll do a podcast. And we won't talk about the same weekend that Bernie had 26,000 people in friggin' Queens because we don't want to talk about that. And the fact that Bernie like blew the roof off with raising money far and away from anyone else. They don't want to talk about that. They don't talk about the polls that are coming out. You know what they talked about was everywhere, everywhere. Pete's doing really good in Iowa. Okay, let me tell you about Iowa. I have a nickname for Pete, not <laughs> Mayor Pete. <laughs> I don't know, Tony. I call him Bellhop Buttigieg or Bell Bellhop Pete. Bellhop he Pete. looks like one of those little bellhops in the old classic noir movies, like you know that would be carrying uh, uh, Joe yes. Crawford's bag to the hotel room. Those little cherubs with the little stupid pillbox hats that they used to wear. <laughs> he looks like a little bellhop that used to score the booze and the opium and the hookers for these these You're guests. Funny. Well, he is. Listen, when he first started running for president, and you can Google this. He was in favor of Medicare for all, very strongly. He was interviewed by George Stephanopoulos. He said it many times. But when he found that that was not resonating and the DNC wasn't happy about it, all of a sudden it's Medicare for whoever wants it or whatever stupid thing he's got going. So he has no core. He will say whatever he can to become president. He knows who he has to make happy. Those are the donors. Now he's taking big money. He's taking corporate donations. That's where all his money's coming from. Not individual donors. It's coming from wealthy people and corporations. And I'm sure he'll do whatever the hell they ask him to do just as long as he gets the job and gets to sit at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. He's not progressive. He doesn't care about you. He is another House of Cards character. Okay? So in Iowa, what they did was is they dumped all the money that they got from these big donors into Iowa. To pump him up in Iowa. So they took all his resources and they really pumped it up there. So the polls would show that he's surging. So that's the news story. Where were the polls done, dear? Out in that cornfield slash baseball diamond? Oh, you're so funny. Um, so, well, that's another thing. Like, Iowa. That doesn't represent all of America. So... I can't understand why. It's always Iowa and New Hampshire. Because they're first. It's New Hampshire why? and Iowa. It's not fair. How about New York and California first? I don't know why How about that? that? How about New York and California? Or how about California be first? They're the seventh largest economy in the world. California. Number seven in economy on the planet. Now because so half of it's burning. No, it's still it's a huge monster. Okay, they should be first and take us second because we're supporting the rest of the country, and then we can have let the rest of the no offense everybody else go next. How come we can't be first? We finance everybody, so why can't we be first? No, because they take the small states. You know why? Because it takes less money to campaign in those small states. You come here, you need billions to campaign here, right? You got to cover a lot of ground to come here. So, um, where was I? So they, they pumped all this money into Iowa. I knew this was coming. So now it looks like, you know, Pete's got, you know, the, the edge. So what the Democratic Party, the DNC is doing, they've been shuffling the deck since the beginning, Right. Right? They were like, oh, we got to do something about this Bernie guy because, like, our donors, they don't want Bernie. The same, the donors don't care. 
They'll go wherever they get the money. They'll go to they'll go to the Republicans. They'll go to the Democrats. They want the same crap because they know if they get the right Democratic candidate, they'll still get their tax cuts. They won't be reversed, right? They won't get rid of those tax cuts, which are terrible for the country. They'll keep them. Buttigieg's not going to get rid of those. He'll probably do more tax cuts for the rich. So they want to keep everything on an even keel, right? Where have I heard that before? Yeah. So, so Buttigieg, that's all pumped up. So now that's the story because they're, they, at first they were like, all right, let's try Kamala Harris. All right, that didn't work because Tulsi torpedoed her and she's at like 3%. I don't even know how she's on the debate stage anymore. Um, who else did they try? They sort of were warming up to Elizabeth Warren, but I think they're like, nah, nah, let's not take a, they don't want to take a chance on her. I think they're afraid she might actually be progressive. So they're like, maybe she said no to a few things and said, I can't go that far. I have no idea what those conversations are, but you know, they've happened. So now they're like, well, who are we going to go? Or Booker's going nowhere. O'Rourke's out. Biden is is totally damaged by the Trump story, okay, because Biden wasn't going to win anyway, but he's damaged. So they can't really go after him. Amy Klobuchar, I think they look at her and say, nah, she's not, that's not happening. So they're like, okay, let's get the gay mayor. Let's try that on for size and see how that works. Let's pump a lot of money into Iowa and see if that floats. Listen to me. They're not pulling these people right. They're undersampling the new voters. I work the polls. We just did this like really soft election here. Yeah. Uh, what was our election about? Who were we electing? Public advocate. Oh, DA of Queens and a whole bunch of judges. That was all we had. People came to vote. We had early voting for the first time. And then the day of the election day, I have to tell you, I was actually busy. Usually those elections, I sit there and I'm bored and praying for the day to be over, that 15-hour long day. And the midterms were ridiculous, busier than the presidential elections, and those are killers. So what I'm saying to you is those are a lot of new voters. I've met people that are 60 that never voted before they registered. So I don't think they're sampling the people right. And I think that when we get to New Hampshire, and we have a lot of time before we get there in Iowa, I think that we're going to see results that are going to freak out the corporate media who are trying to stack the deck for the corporatists and the moderates of which that is not what people want, even on the Republican side. That's why I think it's smart for Tulsi to go on Fox because they don't invite her on CNN and MSNBC. And when they do, uh, they, they really treat her like crap. So she's you know how smart. You to the corporatists? What did I say to you the other day? Christmas is coming. Don't everybody, buy stuff. Everybody gets one present. Yeah, don't buy a lot of stuff. Get out of Amazon. Get away Amazon from that. Amazon will, will see their stock dipping like, uh-oh. Yeah, just, you know, Turn it backward because, by the way, so I'm telling you, it's like Bernie's a phantom. They do not, they talk like Bernie is a man who doesn't exist. He's the invisible man. They did that the last time. Yes, they're doing the remember? same thing. Mm-hmm. And we know Which it. Which is all come, remember I would say to you, oh, I heard Bernie got 30,000 people in Mississippi. That would have been some sight. Yeah, and that's a story. That's a story. And then what will we see? Oh, here's Hillary talking. Oh, Trump's coming on. And then they would shrink her down to right. the corner of the screen. Yep. And you'd be looking at an empty podium for 20 minutes well, before the, the flaming Cheeto show. So up. now all they're doing, and also this impeachment thing is really bad also for the candidates, all of them, because it overshadows the campaign. So the noise of the impeachment is so loud that people forget that we have people running for president to replace Trump, Right. And I actually heard, listen to this, on MSNBC and I, on Lawrence O'Donnell, I don't know who was speaking because I was not in front of the TV. I was just listening because I don't watch very often. And there was a guy that was saying Democrats are winning all over the country, like in Louisiana recently and so forth, because there's um, people want Trump out. So they'll vote for any Dem Democrat. He goes, it doesn't mean, it does, it's not because our candidates are so great. He said it's because they want to get rid of Trump. See, that is the corporatist, elitist position that anybody but Trump, what, anybody. the guy in, in, in Louisiana won No, again. no, no. Well, the, it's, not Louisiana, Louisiana. it's not Louisiana. just Louisiana. What does Louisiana mean? He's no. just a governor. Right. Well, no, that's he, a big deal, hon. Yeah, but he has no power in what goes no, on in Washington. No, I know. They're not talking about the power in Washington. They're saying He's saying the trend is 
that people will vote for any Democrat. It doesn't be, it's not because he said this. It's not because our candidates are so great. It's because people just want to get rid of Trump and Trumpism. So I could not believe my ears that the guy is saying, we don't really need a good candidate. Let's just run on Trump sucks and throw anybody in there, which is what they're doing by shuffling the deck. And get rid of Trump and continue to do what they've been doing all along, and robbing four us. four years later, they get sick of those, and then they say, okay, let's go back again the other way. Right, and we'll go back to worse than Trump, maybe. That's possible, because Trump's stupid. So you put somebody in there that's like him and is smart, we have a problem. So this is another story, and it's not a long. I'm really just going to give you numbers. So according to the central banks... The world's debt is $69 trillion. $69 trillion is the world's debt. Now, she the, got part of the story from me, America. No, well, this is a different this article. Is something I read. Yes, well, it's a different article, and I saw this on Twitter, so I grabbed it. So there's a pie chart, and 31% of that debt belongs to the United States. 31% of the debt. Now, you might say, all right, so what does everybody else have? Nowhere near 31%, okay? this We're supposed to be the exceptionalism. You know we're exceptional on? Debt. Because our income has not gone up, the working class. It has stayed the same or gone down, and the cost of everything goes up. And what do people use? Credit, because you can't even go out and get things you need without using a credit card. It's You're insane. You're going to give us your Bed Bath & Beyond story? No, I needed to get stuff from Bed Bath & Beyond and like small items and 40 something, well, $60 without the coupons that they give you, which I actually remembered. $45 just for like bath mat and stupid things because everything costs so much money and it's very hard to pay cash for everything. So 31% belongs to the United States, okay? How many trillions do we have? $14 trillion in household debt. $14 trillion. In household in debt. household debt. That's so, the average. And that's 31% of the planet's debt. That's almost a third. So the only one that's close. And yet there's only 350 million people that live here. Three, what yeah, something like that. about a billion in India? How many people in China? They don't have it. They don't have that debt. First of all, remember, they, the reason why they don't have that debt is because they have better social programs than we do. They have health care for everybody. They have public college, a lot of these countries. They have child care that's included. Their taxes bring them things. So their debt doesn't grow. Here, it is the opposite. We pay tons of taxes and we get almost nothing for them. So the only one that's close to us is Japan with 17%. China's got 9.8%. And then the countries like Germany, Italy, United Kingdom, they're all like 4%, 3%. India only has 2.7%. Everybody else is nothing. Almost like we can't even read how much percent they have. Because they, they, they get stuff for their money. We get nothing. And everything here costs more, right? The cost of healthcare is higher. The cost of college is higher. So they're killing the country with this debt. In the meantime, I believe the Fed finally stopped printing money. I can't find any stories beyond November 4th that they continued. So they printed money for six weeks. Because even the banks didn't have money. Well, maybe that's because we don't have money. If you need to pay things by credit, you don't have money to pay, so your money's not in the bank. So where's all the money? The money's overseas somewhere. The rich people that have the money. That's the story that people, the only reason it doesn't look like people are really in trouble, which we have a lot of homeless people. It's growing here in New York, and it's growing in California, um, is because of this credit card and debt that people are carrying. And apparently, it's everywhere. But 31% of the world's debt is here in the United States. And that's the story. And that's the income inequality. There sh that should not be. You can't be the greatest country in the world and one side of your mouth and then have this kind of debt on the other side. You can't. It's not possible. The two things cannot live together. So one is not true. Sorry, you can't make America great again by giving tax cuts to the rich and take from the social programs that we need, that we paid into, as Tony always says. We paid into them. It's ridiculous. And I want it back. You want it back. Um, so we have a few more stories. So we're going to take a short break. And uh, Tony's going to come back with a story as well. Progressive Union.
You are listening to the Progressive Union, fierce, factual, and always fun, delivered independent of corporate influence. Progressive Union. We are back. I am your host, Dorian DeLeonardo, broadcasting you from New York City on a very dark day. I'm with my co-host, Tony DeLeonardo, and I just want to remind you, you can listen to our show on Live 365. You may be right now, Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, The Progressive Union, and on Twitter, Progressive Union the letter U. And if that all fails, my wife will throw open the window and yell to you. Oh, stop. The really rich do pay lower taxes than you. This was New York Times, October 6th. What a surprise that is. So a long time ago, they make note of this, that Warren Buffett claimed that he paid more lower tax rate than his secretary because of the loopholes. Well, it turns out... Did he do anything about it? Uh, well, he talked about it. It became famous. Yeah, he and talked it got, about it. <laughs> it made people talk about it. So there's time for an update because now it's a norm. So for the first time on record, the 400 wealthiest Americans last year paid a lower tax rate. That's during the Trump years. Anybody out there from Trump land? Spanning federal, state, and local taxes, taxes and any other income group according to newly released data. <clears throat> this is a very big change from the 50s and the 60s where the wealthy paid much higher tax rates than the poor. Well, they make more money and they're still rich. So Trump's tax cut in 2017, which largely was a handout to the rich, plays a role. It helped push the tax rate of the wealthiest households below the rates of everyone else. The overall tax rate for the 400 wealthiest families last year was 23%, meaning that their combined tax payments equaled less than one quarter of their total income. This overall rate was 70% in 1950 and 47% in 1980. Now for middle class and poor people, the picture is different. The federal income taxes have also declined modestly for these families, but they haven't benefited much from the decline in the corporate tax or estate tax. Of course not. They're not wealthy. And now they pay more in payroll taxes, which finance Medicare and Social Security. So you see, we have to pay more in the payroll tax to keep our benefits going. And the rich people who also get those benefits, by the way, and don't put into them after $117,000 that they earn in a year. So we have to pay the shortfall. Overall, the taxes have re- have been very flat for the middle class and the poor. Uh, so there's a book uh, um, that's, that is notable in this article. It's called The Triumph of Injustice. It's by a guy named Emmanuel Sayez and Gabriel Zuckman. So they're like experts on economics, and um, they call the guy Zuckman the wealth detective. So they've constructed a historical database that tracks tax payments from the time where taxes start, started in 1913, where the federal tax began. Um, and many people in the United States, many people believe that raising the taxes on the wealthy will not help. But of course, we've done it before, and it has helped. So they said the history of taxes as a struggle between people who want to tax the rich and the people who want to protect the fortunes of the rich. And it started in the 17th century when northern colonies created progressive tax systems um, and Massachusetts even enacted a wealth tax which covered financial holdings, land, ships, jewelry, livestock, and more. Now, the southern colonies, by contrast, were hostile to taxation. The plantation owners were worried that the taxes would undermine slavery by eroding the wealth of the shareholders. Um, 
and that's from a historian that is You've been watching Gone with the Wind too much. I have. Well, actually, I was listening to Saturday Night Live, and they brought Jeff Sessions back. I oh. love the whole Jeff oh. Sessions oh. thing. So they were very hostile to raising taxes in the South. By the 20th century, the high tax advocates prevailed, and the United States had arguably the, the world's most progressive tax code with the top, top tax income, 91%, and the corporate tax rate just above 50%. Okay? The second half of the 20th century was mostly a victory for the low tax side. Companies found ways to take more deductions, dodge taxes, and politicians on both sides cut every tax that fell heavily on wealthy, high-end income in taxes, investment taxes, estate taxes, and corporate taxes. The justification was usually that the economy would benefit. The trickle-down idea. Yeah, right which, into right automation. Which, by the way, didn't exist. Okay. So it doesn't function that way, the American economy. So at the end of the article, it says to themselves, ask yourself this, if efforts to tax the super rich were really doomed to fail, that they weren't going to help the economy, why would so many super rich be fighting so hard to defeat those efforts? Yeah, they spend so much money not to pay taxes. It's amazing. They take their own money to pay off all these politicians and campaign and lobby so they don't have to pay their fair share. It's like those people that pretend to be working. Yeah. They look busy. I'm like, why don't you just do your job? You spend so much energy like pretending to be we busy. We said that to you months or years ago. Yeah, absolutely. They like, spend more on the lawyers to get out of paying the taxes than the taxes. Then pay work. the taxes. Just pay them. I, 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 I don't understand it. But anyway, these are the issues, okay? Because when they go around that round table of their little Illuminati clubs, <laughs> they'll say, oh, you're paying 25% in taxes? Oh, 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 you're an idiot because I pay nothing. <laughs> and then the next guy, and they're all sitting there, the big... The big... Uh, Bloviators. Bloviators with their big cigars. Are you stupid? You're paying all that taxes to support who? Somebody that shines your shoes? Ho, ho, ho. Anyway. It's all about what the other one's doing. Well, they only care about themselves, just like the whole you impeachment situation. Bezos, he wanted to buy the Seattle Seahawks. That was, you said that he wanted There was to a story. I don't know if he did or not. Because but. Paul Allen passed away. Paul Allen was a big computer. Uh, so he wants to slip in and grab the team he had. Right. He doesn't pay taxes for that either because yeah. the sports teams don't pay any taxes. Oh, oh, oh. So what do you got there, Tone? No, I'll do this last. You will. Well, I will. I'm going to segue into that little paying of no taxes thing. I'm going to read off names and numbers, and then I'm going to tell you why. This is out of the Waking Times, and she's changing my microphone. I'm again. giving you the big one. So my voice booms out across liberal land, <laughs> progressive land. Bill Gates, 75. Amancio Ortega, 67. I have no idea who that is. Oh, these are the richest people? Amancio Ortega, 67. Warren Buffett, 60. Carlos Slim Helu, 50. Jeff Bezos, 45. Mark Zuckerberg, 44. Why, he's 44? Larry Ellison, 43. Michael Bloomberg, 40. Billion dollars. Oh, billion. This is what these people are worth. That's sick. And they're not paying taxes. It accumulates to $426.2 billion simoleons. <laughs> That's a lot of... Simoleons. That's insane. Oh, oh, oh. That's insane. Are you paying taxes? I don't have to pay taxes. You're a fool. Right. Oh, oh, Just oh. the poor working slobs pay the taxes. But there is one group of people that their wealth combined is five times greater than all of these billionaires. How come they're not on the list, then? Because they stay in the shadows, like the lizards that they are. <laughs> and who might they? Okay, now we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We almost have a starting lineup. All we need is the pitcher that combined to $426.2 billion while one family has five times the amount of all eight of them combined. Stop it. The Rothschilds. Oh, yeah, they are lizards. Yeah. They're old family of okay. money. Okay. Meyer Amschel Rothschild 
18th century German and his five sons. He's got to be old, right? He's dead. He passed. Oh, he's he, dead. Paid, he rolled this wealth over many, many times. <laughs> five, two trillion dollars as of 2016. I remember reading Mario Puzo's novel, The Last Don, about you know Don Clericuzio. He's sitting in the office and he's telling this person, "You're going to control trade. You're going to control drugs. You're going to control entertainment." I'm like, that's an awful lot of power for one mafia don to be wielding. Now I know where he got the idea from. This guy, the Rothschild, he had five sons. A lot of them were war profiteers. They made a fortune during the French Revolution. He put five sons across Europe like he was planting trees. <laughs> he put one in Frankfurt, Germany, one in Naples in uh, Italy, one in Vienna, Austria, one in Paris, France, and one in London, England. And they started working their magic, or their black magic. So that's where they made most of their money? Across Europe. Military. Five sons. Well, they were war, that, among other things, but they started out as war profiteers. Yeah, that's why they're for war. That's why the corporatists are for war. Five times the amount of all these billionaires wow. that we emulate in America. Well, well that I we don't hear about any. the most. We don't hear about them. They own, they control more than three quarters of the world's the wealth of the world's population. Three quarters. And meanwhile, the world is in debt. Mm. Trillions of dollars of debt. Five sons he had. So who runs the family now? And the now? only had three sons. You're funny. How many? So who's running the family now? I have no. They well, They don't want anybody to know. Huh? You never hear about them. They don't want anybody to hear right. about There's them. There's a reason for that. Now I have to check my car for C4. <laughs> They're puppet masters. Pup the, they are the puppet masters. Okay, now it's I'm going to read something about the agent of change, Barack Odumbo. Oh. Remember he came on, change is coming to America? Yep, change we can believe in. Well, I'm going to read something to you now that he is the biggest hypocrite. I had a falling out with a friend over, well, among other things, about this clown. And you know who I'm talking about. Yep. Who I'm sure he voted for Trump. I'm sure he did. He probably had the word Trump tattooed on his hairy <laughs> ass. Okay, this comes out of Vox. The average American doesn't think we have to completely tear down the system and remake it, Obama said. Really? Yeah. President Barack, former President Barack Obama speaks in an October 2019 Obama Foundation Summit. He has a foundation. Wow, he's got a foundation yeah. too. Mm. Along with his Netflix deal and, you yeah. know. Former President Barack Obama has studiously avoided commenting on the Democratic presidential primary. But on Friday, before a crowd of wealthy liberal donors in Washington, he finally weighed in. His message, don't move too far to the left. Liberal donors, you see, because they have a lot of money too, and they like the tax cuts, like I told you. This is still a country that is less revolutionary than it is interested in improvement, he said at the annual meeting of the Democracy Alliance. I love the name. The average American doesn't think we have to completely tear down the system and remake it. Who's he been talking to? His donors. His donors. That's it. That's only people they talk to. Are the people to. yelling up to him as he's, he's skydiving on his free time now? His donors. The donors, the same donors that give to Trump, it's all the same. Obama's remarks come at a time when the primary central dynamic is a clash over whether the best way forward is for the party to continue along the center-left path. Now they call it, what do they call it now? Um, what, we were at the uh, event. Uh, Moderation. Pragmatic centrists. Yes. That's the new word. Yes, we were at an event where they actually said that out loud. Most crop uh, prominently represented by former Vice President Joe Biden, Seth Bend, South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete. Oh, here we go. Or to chart a more left-wing course as Senators Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders have argued. And I can't even put her in there. In what seemed a rebuke of Warren and Sanders' stances, Obama, who is still held in exceptionally high regard... By Democratic voters, it's not anymore by me, spent considerable time during his speech counseling against adopting left-wing populism as a party platform. Because the donors don't Didn't want it. I tell you, in 2008, I said to myself, I worked in corporate America, and him being black, he's going to, well, only half black, but still, 
He's going to try to pander to the old boys' network. Yeah, but I don't even think that has anything to do with it. That's just my opinion. Clinton went to the right. Clinton was white. He went to the right, embraced the third way, which is embracing the, the those donors, the liberal donors, right? And getting away from the working class, the people, the union workers. Okay, voters, including Democrats, are not driven by the same views that are reflected on certain left-leaning Twitter feed, Twitter feeds, or activist wing of our party. He said, and that's not a criticism to the activist wing. Their job is to poke and prod and text and inspire and motivate. But the candidate's job, whoever that ends up being, is to get elected. Yeah, and Bernie can get elected. He's got the numbers. Obama pointedly didn't mention any candidates by name, but his speech decidedly argued for the more moderate approach. Because he was a moderate. That's why we still have people that can't go to the doctor. In particular, he argued against the strategy that Democratic Socialist politicians like Bernie Sanders and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez have employed in trying to mobilize voters by building enthusiasm over extremely ambitious policy proposals and questioning accepted wisdom on voter values, saying, I think it is very important to all candidates who are running at every level to pay some attention to where voters actually are and how they think about their lives. Yeah, that's why the message of Bernie is a good one, because that's where people are. We Remember, let's go back, 31% of the planet's debt belongs to the United States taxpayer, $14 trillion. And you know what? That was helped along by Barack Obama, right? Wasn't he president for eight years? Unbelievable. He's just protecting the During a discussion about youth activism at an Obama Foundation summit in October, he critiqued call-out culture of an overzealous activism as dubious strategies, strategies, I'm sorry, for changing the world, dubious strategies. This is what he calls it. Giving people health care. This idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, Obama said. You should get over that quickly. Yeah, I heard I heard that quote. Yeah. The world is messy. There are ambiguities, he added. Yeah, most like his speeches during his presidency. <laughs> people who do really good stuff have flaws. People who are fighting may love their kids and share certain certain things with you. Obama has warned about this idea of purity before cautioning an audience in April about creating what's called a circular firing squad where you start shooting at your allies because one of them is straying from purity on the issues. Do you just want to smack him? It's just, he's not, listen, he can say whatever he wants. Um, People know that they owe money. People know that their bills are bigger. People know that they don't have as much as they used to have. People know. The $14 trillion, people know. I can't even read any more of this. They know it. So let me let me talk about the purity issue. Yeah, take Barack your Obama. Very annoying. I'm irritated. So I'm fired up. I'm fired up, Barack. Remember he used to say that fired up? Yeah, this is so, the one. Oh, I'm gonna put my sneakers on and march with the union. And he never did. Never went to Wisconsin. He never moved. Never. Okay, so <clears throat> let's talk about you won't get things done, the purity test, and you know, you have to sell out. No, you don't. Okay. So let's talk about Bernie. He's just a senator from Vermont. Yet, he marched with people and he got put pressure on Walmart and Amazon to pay $15 an hour. A senator from Vermont. He went, he marched, he pressured, he did activism, he activated his people, and he got $15 an hour out of Jeff Bezos and out of Walmart. Now, how interesting. And while he did that, Obama was sitting in a Netflix boardroom. Yeah. Yeah. Making money, okay? Another one that doesn't pay taxes. So let's go to New Jersey. I don't have all the details in front of me, but there was a bill passed in Jersey that was going to make $15 an hour the minimum wage in Jersey. And then all of a sudden, believe it or not, even the Democrats in the legislature started to flip-flop and put some caveats in there like, well, oh, but if this happens, we won't do it. And if that happens, we won't do it. You know, certain things like inflation, whatever. So people in Jersey got pissed. They voted for these people. The bill was passed. Now they want their $15 an hour. 
So again, Bernie mobilized people. He got involved. And guess what? All those legislators that were going to flip-flop didn't flip because they threatened to primary them with more progressive candidates that will do the work of the people. Now New Jersey has $15 minimum wage. Now that's Bernie as a senator from Vermont running for president. And he's been doing this all of this time. Like after 2016, he kept doing it because he's always done it. He's always been on the side of the people. I don't care if you don't like him. You think he's too old. He's rumpled. He's grouchy. I don't care. We have 31% of the world's debt. We need to straighten this out. If he can do this as a candidate... Maybe that's why a lot of people don't like me, because I'm rumpled, old, and grouchy. No, they like you. Senator from Vermont, imagine if he's the president. He has said he will go to states that are are giving him trouble, like senators, right, that are blocking Medicare for all. He'll go to their states, and he'll rally the people. The people will tell us what they want, not Barack Obama, not Mitch McConnell, not these paid, bribed politicians by these behemoth corporations and these Rothschild-type families, right, and people like Jeff Bezos, the people are going to tell the government what they want. And if you asked people, hey, if you pay taxes and you get health insurance, so if you lose your job, you can still go to the freaking emergency room or your kid can still get insulin, I don't think people are going to say no. And I've watched it happen because I've seen town halls with Bernie, with people from Mississippi. And when he talks to them and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we don't get Medicaid anymore because now we make too much money, but we're still in poverty. So that's what you can do when you don't sell out, when you don't go to the center. And did the world come to a screeching halt because Amazon and Walmart had to pay $15 an hour? No. Are they still rich? Yes. Nothing bad happened. We gave people some more money so they could put into the economy so they could feed their families. That's what happened. So I'm just... You know what say? The people will say, like, at my job, oh, now everything is going to cost more. I said, they're going to raise the prices anyway. If we keep printing money, we're going to have inflation. I said, they go, I just don't think that's the re- only reason they raise the prices. They're going to do it anyway. So here's a scary story. See, these are all the stories that you don't hear about because all Bugs. we hear... All we hear about is impeachment so you know that's why you come here so this is from cnn every 15 minutes someone dies in the u.s from a drug resistant bug that's scary every 15 minutes so we've been doing this show for like almost an hour four people died that's basically it right okay we're coming up on the fourth drug resistant superbug kills every 15 minutes um They learned that they outsmart sophisticated antibiotics, according to a new report by the CDC. And it's scary when I think about it because the CDC is being run by Trump people. So who knows how good they are right now? That's about 35,000 deaths deaths a year. Um, It's an urgent threat list that the germs are now resistant. They've learned how to bypass and outsmart the the, uh, antibiotics, and a lot of the reason, like you could actually be taking an antibiotic and come in contact with this superbug and the antibiotic can actually kill you because the superbug goes after the antibiotic. There's a story about a school teacher. She woke up with diarrhea. She was 56 living in Brooklyn. She thought she had food poisoning or maybe she caught something from the children. She had gotten a root canal and after root canal, they always give you an antibiotic. So, um, She died the next day. She went to the hospital. The bacteria was evolving at such a high rate, the hospital said, it couldn't keep up. Mm. They could not save her. And she was just taking an antibiotic for possible infection after the root canal. So they're thinking that we really have to be more careful about taking antibiotics, not taking them so much. But there's classified 11 bacterias and fungus as a serious threats and four more on the agency watch list. And this C. diff is the deadliest one that killed this woman. So sad. Um, So, you know, this is a problem. That's why the government has to work properly, and we have to have good people in government. Every time you hear that somebody left the Trump administration because they couldn't deal with them anymore, that's bad news for us because there are serious things that government does take care of. Like when they say, oh, government's the worst thing in the world, shrink the government, get rid of these people, 
Why do yeah, you think? Yeah, like Reagan. I'm here from the government. I'm here to what's that that thing? I'm here to help you. Yeah, that, those are the worst words. You know what I would have should turn around and told Reagan right in front of everybody? You work for the government. Yeah, I know, get right? Out. And maybe we should get rid of you. <laughs> maybe you should leave. Um, all right, so the debates are on Wednesday. Make sure you watch. Chelsea's in. There's another debate in de- December. I don't know when it is. She's almost in. So if you get a YouGov poll or something, please vote for her. Let's keep her out there doing her anti-war, anti-establishment shtick. Maybe we we'll can, maybe she can neutralize Mayor Pete. That would be nice. I'd love to see that. She like stands like she's twice as tall as him. Oh my God, them next to each other, but they're not. I know she's next to Cory Booker. He's on the end, and then she's right after him. Anyway, that was our show for today, and we enjoyed being with you. See ya. Bernie Tulsi 2020 and beyond. Peace.